Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7, well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's going on, everyone? This is Tyler Dunn with the Go Long newsletter at golongtd.com. Hope everybody out there is doing fantastic. Thank you so much for listening, for reading. However, wherever you uh, consume Go Long, it really does mean a lot uh, to me and the whole family. So thank you very much. Uh, Today, I just thought we'd share another uh, conversation. Hopefully, you've had a chance to check out my story on Iowa State running back, Kone Nwangu. He really is a, a hidden gem in this draft. I think that this guy is just tailor-made for the NFL game. He's the fastest running back in the draft. He ran a 4-2-8 and just an unbelievable college career uh, that did not go to go according to plan. He tore his Achilles, never really did become a featured guy there at Iowa State. But if you're looking for a dark horse that can help a team in the return game, and be used creatively offensively. I really think Nuwangu could be a steal in the later rounds. And we've seen these players in the Super Bowl year after year after year. I mean, it's the undrafted guy. It's the late round guy. It's somebody with something special deep inside of them that makes a difference. So just thought it'd be help if you heard his voice, if you heard it from him himself. And if you haven't read, this is your chance to kind of learn a little bit more about Kane. As always, feel free to subscribe at golongtd.com. Happy hours every Friday night, special guests, from around the NFL, and we're going to be ramping up our draft coverage as it closes in with more profiles, more features. I don't want to give anything away, but I think you'll definitely enjoy what we have cooking. So if you don't subscribe, you can always give us a shot on the free email list too. Just plug your email in. You'll get the stories that I post uh, for free. And if you want everything, including those happy hours, seven a month, 70 a year, that 70 a year will still get you a hoodie or a crew on the house. I'll be in touch after you subscribe. And you've heard enough of me rambling on and on. So let's get right to Kanae. Thanks so much, everyone. So Kanae, I mean, just really... I guess most people probably start with either the the speed or the smarts, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. what kind of pops whenever okay. uh, you do a little research on you. So, what uh, you pick which which direction you want to go first? <laughs> uh, I guess I'll start. I'll start with just you know education. For me, it, it has to come from my parents because they're from Nigeria. You know, they came over here in their mid twenties, twenties. But um, my dad came over to America. Um, north texas area got his business degree then my mom came and followed him and went into pre-med got her nursing degree did residency and my dad got another degree 
got an associate's degree in nursing. So he's an LVN. My mom's an operating room nurse. And she went back to school, got her master's as a nurse practitioner. So it stems from that, you know, they always wanted my brothers and I to go into like the meta, like, you know, the medical field and all that. But I, I, I have an interest in cars. I kind of like cars. I like sciences and the way things work. So I went into like mechanical engineering. What's, I, start with your parents then. Coming from Nigeria, what, mm-hmm. what did they tell you about that decision to, to come to America? Why did they make the move? I think it's mainly for us. You know, they wanted yeah. to just have a place where they can raise kids and have like a great, you know, foundation and future for them. So just the opportunities in America that they saw, you know, what was that back in the 70s, 80s, I guess, when they came over, it's like to start a family and raise a family here was just like a no brainer for them. Did they tell you about life in Nigeria? Like, what was it like back then? You know, yeah, they tell me like stories here and there. I know I want to go. It's been, it's hard whenever, you know, my older brother, he's a track athlete. So he's two years older than me. He was at UTA. And me going to Iowa State, it's hard to like schedule a trip where everyone's back at home, you know. So that's still on the, still on the slate to do that. Do you have family that's back there still? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So my mom, she has seven sisters, but uh, I think the majority of them live in Nigeria. So, it's kind of hard, you know, to get family all together in one place when they're like two different countries. Like, so I'm guessing that you probably have like visited or have, have you been back there much? No, yeah. Or, or so not, I haven't been there once. Not at all. You know? Okay. Exactly. But I want to. So we're trying to plan a visit. Man. So mechanical engineering, that mm. um, just sounds really, really excruciating. I don't, that's got to use some different parts of your brain, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It, it's challenging. I'm not going to lie. It's like, you know, there's a challenge of football and then like coming in as a freshman, I remember it was like all these classes and I was traveling as a freshman. So, I mean, I I would say they got a lot of resources, so it was like doable, you know, and we have other people on our team, like Charlie Collard, Chase Allen, they all did engineering. So you got like that community almost to help you with it. So you you like working with cars, like what would be the, if if you weren't playing football, what's like the dream job with that major? I don't know. For me, I always think like being a Tesla engineer, BMW engineer, like that would be really cool. But uh, I don't know. I would have to do like interviews and all that. But I think something like that probably. 3.8, right? Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. Out of four. Yeah, out of four. (laughs) How did you pull that up? I mean, I tried playing D3 football for a year and Mm -hmm. wanting to pursue journalism. It's just like, you know, D3 felt like a full-time job, right? It's getting up at 4.35 a.m. and class. (laughs) I mean, just trying to keep it above three at that point. But how did you you manage that workload? I think we we tend to skim past this aspect of you guys coming into the draft. I think the main thing, so like, you know, becoming like a high school senior, going to be a freshman, it's just, a difference whenever you have all these things that you're required to do being at mandatory tutoring being at a 8 a.m being at a workout film study being at p.m tutoring getting your homework all that type of stuff you know in high school it's almost like you can just do whatever you know just coast through it but i think the structure and the time management that we had at iowa state was the main reason why we could even do that you know i was like doing that like what recruiting process it was kind of hard to like go to a school and it's like no one on the football team is doing engineering. So I was like, oh, I don't even know if I can do it over there. But uh, I came to Iowa State and we had a player named Mitch Harger and he was a running back, but he's a NASA engineer right now. So, I mean, yeah, in the running back room. So pretty much like if I saw that he was doing aerospace engineering, so like I knew I could come here and I could do that. 
So he was what year then when you came in? I came in 2016. So that was his senior year. So that year he graduated. You know, he worked a couple of jobs in the area. And then he got a position in Houston to be a NASA engineer. So I'm like, dang, that's crazy. That's nuts. I mean, right. Na- I feel like there's a lot going on in NASA right exactly. now. He's probably a busy guy. Like it's- Exactly. Doing all these spacewalks and stuff. Jeez. It, like, what part of your brain really does that tap into? I mean, what, I mean, what kind of classes are you taking, though, for mechanical engineering? Like, where do you even start to uh, study yeah, I'll, this? I'll start, yeah, I'll start with my, what, last semester? So, last summer, it was either, so we, yeah, so summer semester, uh, what were we doing? Like, fluid dynamics and heat mm-hmm. transfer. So, I mean, it's a lot of stuff where it's, like, you're thinking about it. It's like, man. You want to like use it in a real world scenario, but it's kind of hard to like do it every single like everyday scenarios, you know, has to be like in the industry, but it challenges the way you think about things, the way you view things, you know, like, so like in uh, what's it called fluid dynamics, we're talking about, or no heat transfer, we're talking about how heat travels through windows and all that type of stuff, you know, why the room gets cold whenever you're by the window and all that. So it's like, it helps you to like see the real world applications, but it's like, ah, you're not going to use it every single day like that. How does it? How does he kind of do? Do you remember? <laughs> I mean, um, it was all these like, it's pretty much in those scenarios, you treat like those type of heat transfers, like uh, almost like an electrical circuit almost. So like okay. the window is like a resistor of the heat moving through like the different volume. So it's a lot of stuff. I mean, I got to pull out all the notes to <laughs> refresh my brain on it. But you're like, you're, you're kind of the premier recruit of... I mean, that was his first recruiting class, right? Your head coach. Mm-hmm. 2016, yeah. So that year was different. Sometimes I got to ask my mom, like, how the events occurred. Because I know I came on a visit with Coach Rhodes when he was still the head coach there. Okay. So I came on my official. It was Oklahoma State versus Iowa State. And I don't exactly remember when I committed, if it was before Coach Rhodes got fired or if it was after. But I know during that time I had my – offer and I was like okay Iowa State's the place I want to go really love my position with coach Louis Ianni but then I think it was I committed before then the coach got fired then we didn't know like you know I'm still coming to Iowa State and coach Camel comes back he says he wants to keep me on he wants to build a program here a winning culture all these types of things and he says you're the type of person that we could do that with so I believe them I'd stay committed there and then you know the rest is history Right, because usually guys in your position, it's all right, peace, I'm out of here. Exactly, like, yeah. Like, it's not the coaching staff that I came in with. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and then, God, it's like just to move to football a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, it's the one injury that I think makes all of us cringe is, is the one that you suffered. I mean, right? Achilles, the, yeah. Whew, an Achilles. Um, that was pretty early on, right? I want to say, was it 17? Or the yeah, spring? 2017. Yeah, that winter training. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. The thing about the Achilles, it was like, so when I when it happened, I didn't think I tore it. You know, I jumped over a hurdle, went straight into the sprint. I thought I clipped the hurdle and like hit the back of my heel. So I kept running, you know, but like when you tear your Achilles, you can't push off because, you know, the tendon's gone. But uh, that recovery process, it was it was a long recovery process. I think nine months, maybe eight months before I started like football stuff, because oh, that year we played in the Liberty Bowl. So I just got back into pads when they were doing like bowl, like bowl practices and all that. So you were jumping over, over hurdles? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So it was a winter conditioning competition drills, jumped over and hurdle and I went straight into a sprint, you know? So my back foot was like 
all the way outside my frame and you know my heel went down and that's where it snapped but like the hardest part was coming back you know day by day being in the boot being on a scooter in in Ames Iowa in the winter so we got blizzards in and I'm trying to go to like get meals and stuff on a scooter it was wild but you know I want to change it because it made me a better person how so I mean really because it's I imagine that's like an easy thing to say, but mm. that just sounds brutal. I mean, yeah, in the snow, in the blizzards, in the cold, yeah, exactly. Honest freaking scooter, like mm. this is your 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 special. I mean, that's really what makes you special is your speed. Mm. And mentally, you know, it's going to be a year before I can even start to try to get that back. Exactly, it's it, it's just got to suck in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think the main thing that I got from that entire moment is just appreciation of like, hey, I get to play football, you know, having something like that taken away from you, that's not your choice, you know, it makes you appreciate things more, you know, I remember coming into treatments, it's like, man, I get to walk today, you know, I get to step out the boot and take a couple of steps or something, or like, I get to be in the water tub and I'm actually running. So you get to see these day by day progresses and all that type of stuff. And it's just like a great appreciation for the bigger picture like hey i get to play football and whenever i'm healthy like i'm happy that i'm healthy there's there's those little milestones then that just exactly. get you excited i mean what what did it feel like when you could hit a milestone like like that mm-hmm. like, I, I, I remember uh the first time i ever did warm-ups with the team again you know just like high knees and kicking and all that i was next to sheldon crony in the running back room he was like hey bro you're still limpy. Just relax, man. First time I'm out here, I wanted to go as fast as I can. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting whenever you get to see yourself progress like that. Did it – I kind of skimmed past it, but did it hurt? Like, when you actually did it, did it feel like a blind – you know, blinds up the window? Just No, because I thought I just got hit by the hurdle. It's almost like if you take your finger and, like, do that to your Achilles, that's exactly what it felt. I was like, man, I started rubbing it. And I was like, wow kind of feel soft down there yeah. so it, it was a wild thing oh my god that's what they say yeah. it's almost like you got kicked you know kicked, right like, yeah exactly god it's and he probably didn't feel it coming on right there weren't no. any warning signs or it wasn't no so not really yeah when did you get it back like, when did you get this mm-hmm. explosion this speed i mean what we just saw at your pro day like when did you realize man i'm myself again so that was 2017. So probably 2018 spring football. That's when I was like, okay, I'm back. I can play football. I mean, I probably did like extra taping, maybe spat in my right ankle. But other than that, I was like, yeah, I feel like I'm back, you know. And like coming out of that injury, you know, when you're the Achilles is like, you're doing a whole bunch of upper body work, you know. Like I got stronger upper body wise because that's my redshirt year. And that spring of 2018, I felt like, okay, I'm back to like normal almost. Right. Cause you're doing everything that you can. So I mean, maybe exactly. that, you got exactly. stronger up top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Cause my arm strength coming into high school or college probably could hit 225, maybe once or twice, you know? So really? exactly. So I didn't redshirt that year and then I ended up getting a, you know, medical redshirt. So I got stronger in the upper body like world. So that was like, uh, Almost it was like a secret blessing because I got stronger all around pretty much. Man, because I think for those who don't know, at your pro day, you hit, was it 21 or 22 at 225? Yeah, I think it was 22 reps. So, 22. like, I mean, when I was practicing like that type of stuff, I was thinking, okay, 15, 17. 
But like, you know, the atmosphere that we had, like yeah. Dylan was hyping me up. I said, like, all right, we're going like 15 all the way through. We'll see what like we'll hit after that. How do you get hyped up like for that bench press at a pro day? Are you did you got music in? What songs you listening to? Oh, like, no, they you, have, okay. Yeah, they have music blaring on the okay. speakers. That's the thing. So, you know, I did my warm up. Dylan was spotting me on my warm up. I said, hey, you're moving. I said, yeah, man, it's a little light. So uh, I went into it. Uh, I pretty much my goal was like hit 11 straight. You know, after 11, then we'll take, you know, our rest. But I went through it. I was like, yo, I can hit 15, 17 of these straight. So I did that. You know, other than that, it's just pretty much the technique. You wait a little bit, hit maybe three in a row, hit singles. So it's pretty good. When you get to, you know, 20, then 21, mm-hmm. I always wonder, like, what what's going through your head? Like, how do you know, okay, I can – I know you got spotters and everything. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. How do you know where that threshold is when you're mm-hmm. doing a bench press? For me, in my head, I was thinking 17. Everything else is extra. Like, that's, okay. you know, icing on the cake. So – I got to 20. I was like, yo, I never hit 20 reps in my life. So I'm just, these are all extra reps. So you're just trying to get it how you get it. Bro. Man. And it, was it adrenaline? Like how did, how did no, you yeah, go beyond a, like what you thought? All adrenaline. Cause I was practicing in my training facility in Nashville, like 15, 17. So that five more reps in a period of what, like four weeks. That's yeah, that's different. That's all you, adrenaline. You've never done that then. You've never gotten that many. No, nah, not even like maybe 17. That's crazy. I mean, because I was mm. just talking to him, uh, Josh Amadebebe, and he was just okay, saying, how, yeah. like, you know, you have that ability. Like, we don't know it as human beings to like, you think, okay, this is my cap on something, mm-hmm. but there's something, you might have something in you that can push you exactly. beyond what you even like, think you can do physically. Exactly. I, which is it's crazy. Like a, it's like a different level as well. It seems like it'd be corny to say, oh, it's mental. But no, it really is mental, isn't it? Like to somehow yeah. drive it past your breaking point, where exactly. you think it's your breaking point. Definitely. They're going to say the 40 time ain't real, though. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I saw right. that. I'm like, oh, somebody had a quick trip. <laughs> somebody was pushing okay. that. Old- <laughs> uh, but this is the, the crazy part is this. So I came into Nashville. Um, you know, we do pre testing at like all these training facilities. So I pre tested on the laser. Four four zero. So that was my pretest. And like, we played our last game January second. I sat on a couch. I was in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. You know, all right, let me relax, be away from football. Came back to train January seventh, and like, I didn't lift the weight. I didn't squat. So I ran a four four zero on that day one of training. And throughout those days, you know, I hit four two eight, four two seven one day. And the goal is like, all right pro day we're running for two or something like that you know but i think you know it's an average a lot of teams have different times on like i remember my agent was telling me hey this team got you at four two nine this team got you at three one three two two eight so that was the goal and i was running that throughout training so it wasn't like oh that's a fluke you know that's it so i mean it is in that you know margin of error yeah margin of error definitely for sure for sure but how did you get from i mean still that's a pretty significant improvement. Mm-hmm. I mean, to go from the four fours to the four twos or, you know, four, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't seem like a lot, but that is a lot. Like, how did you yeah, yeah, it is make that difference? Definitely. Yeah, I got a credit to Jordan, Jordan Lou Allen at a uh, boost performance in Nashville. Mainly for me, when I was, you know, doing my 40, I wasn't thinking about the dry phase at all. You know, I came out on my break, almost stood up immediately, mm-hmm. just wanted to cycle my feet. But, you know, that first, 
12 yards is your drive phase. You want to have your head down, pumping your legs pretty much. So I, I wasn't in like the track mindset, but that's pretty much the track thing. So yeah. when I got back into that mindset, I could shave my time down by like maybe 0. 0.1, 0. 0.15 seconds. And it seems like, you know, people might be laughing at a conversation like this. You know, we're talking mm-hmm. about the difference of what, like nothing. And Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, a tenth of a second, you know. But it's it's millions of dollars. Like, exactly. It, 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 it can be different. the difference between, you know, third, fourth round, UDFA. Who knows? I mean, exactly. It, That's so true. So if you are, like, what's what are you selling to teams then? Because mm-hmm. if people don't know, I mean, like, you, like in, in college, like you're obviously the most prolific kick returner in school history, mm-hmm. um, but they didn't really feature you as a running back with, with David Montgomery around and with the Achilles mm-hmm. that we're talking about. So like, how do you kind of tell teams, look, you, you can use this speed some way, mm-hmm. somehow at the running you know, back like, position? For me, like I say my strengths, you know, speed and just explosion, that's my strengths. But like as a character piece you know as a player piece like I'm, I'm unselfish you know the whole time me being a backup I never took it as like ah oh, this is a knock on me or a knock on my character I pretty much took it all right what job do I have a kick returner I'm trying to be the best kick returner ever you know so if it's in the next level like I'm behind like a Saquon or like a Kareem Hunt Nick Chubb those types okay what's my job gunner be the best gunner ever you know that's just how I took it and that's how I took it you know and when it comes to education, when it comes to, you know, being an athlete, being a teammate, that's just like my, how my parents raised me. Whatever you're doing as a Wongu, be the best to ever do it. You know? Yeah. Was it ever frustrating, though, when you're not getting the ball that much? I mean, it's frustrating if you look at it like, man, I deserve this. I deserve that. You know, if you're if you truly think like, OK, I get to do these things. And this is what Campbell always preached to us like last year, especially with COVID, you know we didn't know if we were going to play football. So like, Hey, we get to play football. This next game, you know, five of y'all might test positive and y'all can't play. So, you know, when you have a grateful and like a thankful attitude, it's not like you get frustrated because you're not doing something. Almost like, dang, what do I got to do better to get to where I want to be? And it's weird. Like the NFL, the kick return game is not what it used to be. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. trying to basically eliminate it. So that ability that you had in that aspect of the game, how do you think you can bring that to an NFL offense? Like what just makes you special once you have the ball in your hands? For me, it was just being a playmaker, you know, like I see like what Oklahoma this year. So we played Oklahoma, we're down and I get to have the ball in my hands. So I'm going to make a play. You're like, that's how, that's my mindset. I want to be a playmaker whenever the ball's in my hands. And we had the right return. We were working it the whole day. So, I mean, the whole night, pretty much we're running returns into the boundary, trying to set them up. Okay, this probably is going to go into the boundary. And then that return, all right, we're going to do a field return. We're going across the field. We're going to set them up. Got Rory pulling the way all the way around. So, for me, it's like, oh, I get the ball in my hand. I get to, you know, be the the spark for our team to win a game. So, that's how I see it every time I'm, I'm doing kick returns. I think the creativity of, of NFL offenses too. I mean, it, it does mm-hmm. bode well for you. I mean, just to take this weapon and just find a way to use it. Right. Like, exactly. Just put me somewhere somehow like mm-hmm. with good coaching. It's kind mm-hmm. of on the coaching right. to figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. What was your most memorable play? I guess, but what, what, what should people pull up when they're, when they're trying to learn something about you? Memorable play. I, I say for real was that OU kick return, you know, yeah. like it was drizzling a little bit. We're down, maybe a touchdown or something like that. But like for me, I've seen it like, hey, this is a play where I can change the tide of this football game. You know, 
So I got to what an 85 yard return all the way down. And I just saw like the sideline, our offense coming out, the defense, it was like, Oh, we're going to win this game. Like you could just feel it, you know? So I ended up winning that game. So it feels good to be like, Hey, I contributed to that one pretty much. That game was, was wild. I mean, what was That's it like true. back in Ames after that? Oh one? yeah. It was electric. You know, we, I think, I don't know if we started the swag surfing that game, but <laughs> I think a couple games later we started the swag surfing, but yeah, that was electric. It seems like you and David have a pretty good relationship too. I mean, it'd be easy for you to kind of get pissed off at him, right? I mean, what you tear your Achilles, and then that was kind of when he ascended, right? If I'm thinking exactly, back. you know, yeah, that sophomore year, definitely. Yeah. I think the the thing about the running back room ever since I've been at Iowa State, it, we always been close, and we always like what from our original position coach Louis Ianni, what he always coached and preached was like whoever's in there shouldn't be a drop off, you know, like yeah. everyone should be able to catch the ball, block like know how to read blitzes all that type of stuff so the way he coached David was the same way he was coaching Mauricio our walk-on running back at that time so like that same intensity making sure the drills correlate to like what we're doing on the field making sure he's giving us the extra inch to be successful like that's how we did it and we wanted to make sure that hey when we're out there we're showing like, hey, our coach knows how to coach us so we like we held ourselves to a higher standard yeah, is it, would you say it's different there than maybe other places then? Yeah, I think for, for sure. Like, that's what we pride ourselves on. It's like, hey, we're a unit. We're not just, hey, this player's really good, and we're all just behind this person. No, we want to be the best unit in the country. Man, and you're doing all this as, I believe, the Big 12 scholar athlete mm-hmm. of yeah. the with the year. Was it the year? When I was think, it? yeah, it was like Big 12 co-scholar of the year, something like that. <laughs> I mean, do you take some pride in that? Yeah, I remember I had a meeting with Coach Campbell. And, like, we are just talking about football. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, got a call from Big 12. We're going to be the coach call of the year. I was like, oh, dang, mom's going to love that. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, mom and dad coming over uh, from Nigeria to, you know, oh, stress sure. education and all that. They oh, had to be man. loving that. Love that. That was that was so – I think that's probably one of those points where, other than, you know, getting my degree, they've been the most proud of me for real. Are they pretty um, – Discipline with with education. What kind of parents? Oh are yeah, they? for sure, for sure. Listen, like education is first. You know, my mom's a nurse. She's in the medical field. Football kind of you know makes her antsy. Seeing all these collisions and all that type of stuff. She's a KK. You don't need to be playing football. You're engineer. I said, Mom, I love this. You know what I mean? So, but uh, over the years, she's grown to love football. She's grown to like watch it almost to the point she could be a ref. You know, she came into this country not knowing football at all, but uh. It's special when your parents love what you're doing. How did you get into football then when you came over? Like, what what did you love So, pretty much, yeah, I didn't start football until middle school, you know, when they allowed it, like seventh grade. But uh, I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even do sports, any track, any football, all the way till seventh grade, you know, because they just wanted to focus on education, you know, sports. That's kind of like a byproduct of people that, you know, don't care about, you know, their education. That's kind of the stigma that they saw. But, uh, yeah, coming over – I mean, they didn't maybe soccer, you know, my older brother, when he was in the fifth grade, he did like organized soccer, but uh, I never did that. But, you know, came into middle school. I said, mom, all my friends are playing football. I want to play football. So yeah, that's kind of how it worked. Was she kind of, did she push back at first a little bit? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. She yeah. was like, nah, don't do this. Maybe do basketball. I just only track something that's non-contact. But I told her I loved it. You know, it's competitive, you know, and it's yeah. not like, it's not like track almost track is so individual. Like, Hey, I'm focusing on this one thing. Football is like, you got all these people, your brothers, everyone, you're trying to reach one goal and 
there's a competition within the competition. Hey, I'm going to get the linebacker, the best linebacker in the conference yeah. or something like that, you know? So I love it. I'm trying, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with Sam Congato. Does that ring a bell at all? No, no. So, I mean, I grew up a Packer fan. I mean, he was a running back, came came from Nigeria. I think think his whole family came and then same, like, you know, his whole family was in the medical field. He's, he's a really renowned doctor now, but. um, Oh, wow. Yeah. I just wanted the culture with, with the medical field. Why, why is Mm -hmm. that there? I mean, why is it so strange? I think it, I don't know. It, it could be a Nigerian pride thing, you know, but like just knowing that my parents came over here for one thing was education. You know, my dad was about to go back to Nigeria, go into real estate with his business degree. But the main reason they came here was for education. And that's what they were going to preach down to their kids, you know. So, and for you guys, I mean, they yeah, really exactly. to, man, are the opportunities just not there? I mean, like they are in America. Yeah, I would, I definitely would assume so, you know, but mainly they came here for education and then they stay because I want to raise my kids here for the same purposes. Yeah, you know? Definitely. So just with, the, with your mom's medical background, like you said, mm-hmm. be a little concerned about injuries and mm-hmm. and all that. I mean, obviously we know, you know, you can, you tore your Achilles, you know, you can exactly, break a bone, yeah. you can, you can twist the joint, all this stuff, but like the, the CTE awareness now, exactly. does that stuff scare your parents? Does it scare you with I mean, what we know me, about? Yeah, like being a football player, you don't think about those things because it's like, man, you could get hurt any day. You could get hurt not even touching anybody, right? I didn't touch yeah. anybody. I tore my Achilles. But for my parents, you know, parents worry about everything. That's like almost their prime job. But yeah. I think they know, like, I love this so much that they're willing to accept, okay, he loves it. He know, we know we can't control everything in this world. So we're just going to allow that to happen. I mean, it's great. I think it, yeah, Bennett Amalu was from Nigeria mm-hmm. who, who like discovered CTE too. Oh, I mean, wow, he's yeah. a Nigerian doctor now. I think mm-hmm. about it, but you're right. I guess that's how you have. I mean, if you're in it, like if you're playing football, you just yeah. have, you got to be, you either got to be all in or, or out. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Got to be all in. Man. Well, that's awesome. I think I feel like you're kind of one of these guys that, you know, I mean, maybe you're not under the radar anymore with this pro day, but. <laughs> Did you feel like a hidden gem in, in this draft at all? Like we're talking about all these other backs that do all these mm-hmm. other things that we watched, you know, in, in national championships. I mean, Clemson and Alabama kind of have a monopoly on college football. Oh, yeah. anyways. Like for it's sure, for sure. and everybody else, it seems. But um, <laughs> maybe there's a player like you that kind of can slip through the cracks and, and have just as much of an impact on the team. You know, I feel that. Like for me, I don't – I really don't care about who talks about me and all that type of stuff. I just want to know, like, Whoever wants to take a chance on me or every team I sign with, they're getting someone who's willing to do anything, you know? Like, at my pro day, like, I'm getting my running back routes. They put me at, at like, a wide receiver running slant, flat receiver running jig routes, ran a fade route. So whatever I need to get coached on, critiqued on to be the best I can be in whatever role, position, scheme, like, I'm willing to do it. Which running backs, I mean, maybe there aren't – there isn't a lot of that because, you know, you're used to getting the ball – all the time that can be that can be a culture shock to some guys you know you, you get the ball a lot in college and all of a sudden it's you know it's the scraps in a game if anything exactly you got to take advantage of those scraps both, exactly that's that's how i played this whole last season like yeah. tcu one carry 45 49 yards one touchdown never got the ball again so i just that that's just how you got to take it you know if it's my opportunity man i'm gonna do the most with it and maybe that that was a good thing that happened with that Achilles mm-hmm. because you did you really learn to appreciate that mm-hmm. scrap 
more you know, than ever. Yeah, definitely. I think for me at least, I appreciate just being healthy. Hey, your body's healthy. We got no groins, no hammies, no strains. Yeah. Like we're good today. You know. What else are you into? Like, what, what, what as a person off the field? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of your interests, hobbies? I think. For me, my older brother, man, he's savvy. So my older brother, he's a network engineer, and he pretty much taught himself how to code in Python, all this type of stuff. So, I mean, he's like an engineer and all that. Now, him, he, he's on a different level. So he went to UTA. He, uh, I think he got like a general studies degree because he knew what he wanted to do after being a track athlete. So he taught himself all this stuff, got his certifications. He works at Cisco now. But with him over quarantine, I knew he was all into investments and all this type of stuff. He wants to buy rental properties. He talked about buying like um, like RVs and all this stuff, and like mortgaging it out. But I got into personal finance with him because we started talking about saving money, how to make money grow, owning businesses, LLCs and all that type of stuff. So I'm just like scratching the surface of personal finance and all that type of stuff. But like, I think that's another area that I'm interested in interesting do, do you have an llc or do you have one in mind Nah, i know my older brother says yeah we'll try to work on getting like that llc license and all that type of stuff but for me i have an idea so my younger brother he uh he has asperger's syndrome but he is crazy interested in the cars you know i can see him being a mechanic one day and maybe we have a family auto shop business or something he can be the lead mechanic my dad has a business degree he knows how to run a business he just never got the chance to do it but man, I, I could see something brewing with like, if I could get the capital, you know, going to the NFL to start that for my little brother. That's awesome. Well, what's that disease really like? I mean, how what kind of battles mm-hmm. does he have day in and day out? For him, for him, it's like, you know, my little brother, I know him, like I'm, I'm his best friend. I'll say that. He calls me like literally every day talking about <laughs> anything, you know. But with that, it's like going into like the outside world. It's almost like, you know, other people don't understand, oh, okay, he socially, he's not as mature as a 16-year-old would be or 17-year-old, you know, but I understand him. And I I know half the time he just wants to make people laugh or he wants attention, you know, but with him, yeah. it's like he has such a hyper focus on the things that he likes and it happens to be cars, you know, so I could see him being a mechanic and whatever he wants to do, I want to be there to support him financially, emotionally as a bigger brother. So that's, that's my passion for him. That's phenomenal, man. I love it. So that, that that's going to happen then one, one day. Maybe you could do it while you're playing too. Who knows? Exactly. No, that, that's a goal. For real, for real. I mean, I always joke, hey, Adi, you're going to come live up with me for real. <laughs> We're going to like play yeah. and have something else. Exactly. Man, any um, any running back, we sh- any player we should think about when we think of you? Like what, what's about to hit the NFL and your vision and your mm-hmm. dream scenario? You have this kind of effect, this kind of impact. Oh, uh, I know. I know my agent and other uh, scouts been saying like I have the same type of game as Raheem Mostert. You know, like he went to Purdue, was a primary returner, didn't get a lot of carries like that. Went undrafted. What went to what seven different teams like that? Landed on the 49ers and just like exploded. So if that's my, you know, obviously I want to get drafted, but I mean, if I go undrafted, it doesn't matter. Like I'm just, I want to be a playmaker. I want to be a spark for a team. That's that's a perfect comp. I mean, he same deal. Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. taking advantage of every carry, every touch you get. That that's his life. Exactly. Well, good deal, man. I know you got a barbecue to to get ready for. Oh us, yeah, so. definitely. Thanks for even you know thinking of me here on a on a. No, nah, this is awesome. No, I appreciate taking me on. All righty, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, how's it going?